Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa, you know, the self-proclaimed psychotherapist who does therapy without any license. Uh, Anyway, thanks for listening and thanks for tuning into Radio Free Brooklyn, which is the greatest radio station in the um, Western Hemisphere. I've listened to all of them, so that's how come I know. I'm telling you, it's really the best. Um, so I've got an amazing guest on today, Carrie. Uh, I'm not even gonna like. I'm afraid. I'm so afraid. I'm gonna screw up her name. Say your name. Carrie Gartner, but it's Carrie Gartner Gerbrack sometimes too. Wait, what? It's Carrie Gartner or Carrie Gartner Gerbrack or one of the other. I I have not committed. Your name, but but your your main name is Garber. Okay, okay. So we got a German. Okay, so we got that. And anyway, uh, she she's a really interesting person, and I know her just a little bit. I'm going to get to know her a lot better by the time we're done here. I'm telling you, if I have anything to do with it. So um, anyway, but I just wanted to let you know that uh, you know we do a lot of really good shit here. Like we provide free and open platforms for our community. I mean, this sounds like I'm reading. You know what? We do a lot of really great shit for the community, for people. We have great programming and a great community. And there's so much positivity happening here for for everyone everywhere. And you should donate money to us because we're a 5013C and it's tax deductible. So um, you could give us a monthly pre- pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. And I think you should do that. So uh, anyway, I just got back. This is the uh, my first show since I've been back from L.A. I was gone for a couple of weeks. I traded houses with this fabulous artist, Eric Doringer, who had a big sh- has a big show here at A Hug from the Art World. There, I got I got I got a plug in for Eric, and uh, it's so great being away. You know, it's really especially uh, as a really uptight. Uh, uh, emotionally strangled creative person because when you get into a fresh place, it really opens you up and you sort of have to get reacquainted with yourself again on a certain way. And there's a certain relief because, you know, all the shit that you pile on yourself during during the day-to-day, when you take that away, you can sort of see like, hey, I'm I'm not so bad. Hey, you know, I can, I can enjoy life. I remember this. So I, uh, I just want to pass that along. So take a, you know, a trip to New Jersey overnight. You'll be fine. I think that's really all you need. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about Carrie, and then uh, we'll we'll see what she says when I when I give you my my impression of her. So anyway, I've known Carrie uh, a long time. I think I met you originally through Eric, right? Maybe. Yeah, I think through Eric and through Cathay. Yeah, Eric and Cathay. And uh, his wonderful wife, wonderful, brilliant, fun, smart wife, Kathy Che. And um, so Carrie is somebody I sort of watched at a distance. I was very, she is somebody that seems incredibly well connected, um, in large part because of her intelligence and charisma. She's also really tall, and that fucking helps. (laughs) So um, she's just, I just, every time, my whole impression of her is that she's incredibly, like, very naturally graceful and friendly and just great with people, and um, I've seen that reinforced over and over, and I've heard only great things about her, but she's also really, really smart and really, really educated. She has an 
undergrad degree in art history from Wellesley. She speaks a bunch of languages. Uh, she And she has a master's from Columbia in uh, art history and critical theory. So she's a real expert on art, and she's worked as um, an art consultant. And, and, she, and here, I'm going to read this now. Art, this is going to sound like I'm reading because I kind of am. Art consultant and insurance broker specializing in galleries, artist studios, and private collections. Extensive research, licensing, and project management experience. Freelance writer and researcher. Consultant to legal firms on copyright, image ownership, image ownership provenance, and art historical issues. And she's written for like so many publications. She had a huge clubhouse during the pandemic and stuff like that but what i'm just i'm just saying like she's like great with people really capable really competent and highly intelligent and educated so um can what do you what do you what, carrie can you add to that <laughs> well I'm, first of all i'm remarkably flattered thank you very much i don't feel like i have it together quite as much as you, as you appear as I to present, present. Um, however, you know nobody sees the inside of my apartment much lately. So, uh, which is which, you know, that's a different story. But um, yeah, I think career wise, I, I mean, I love people. Like, yeah, I'm an, you, you know, do. You see these, I'm right about these, that. these tests on things where it's like, are you an introverted extrovert? Are you? I'm like an extroverted extrovert. You're, you are an ex. I'm right about that. Wait, there's one more thing I forgot to add. That's so important. She's married, um, and she has two kids. A nine-year-old boy and a sixteen-year-old girl. Okay, that you need to know that on top of all this other shit. Okay, there. Um, yeah, that's that's, that's a the, lot. You're doing that's, a lot. That's the messy part, maybe. Well, that's a lot. So you have a very busy, full, full life. I do. Um, and I, I don't like not being busy, actually. I, uh -huh. I enjoy being busy. I uh, enjoy. I enjoy people. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. I enjoy art and I enjoy academic or I, I enjoy thought and discourse, not necessarily just about that art. Mm -hmm. um, I probably should have gone to law school. Really? Yeah. You think that? I Why? Well, I would have made a lot more money if I'd been a, a lawyer interested in art rather than an art historian, quote unquote, not really, because I, I feel like you have to have your PhD for that or something. An art writer, etc. interested in law. I think that would have at least financially worked out a little better. It but, would have been an easier road. Yeah. But as of now. But it but I, isn't part of the fun for you, like meeting the art people and oh, it's the and best. The so you know that aspect and it's, being and you yeah, law would not have been that for you. That wouldn't have been rewarding. I did in that go to way. law school for about a week, and you didn't like it. I it was too much at the time. I was much younger. It was a different. It was when I used to live in Boston, actually, uh -huh. and I was working at the Museum of Fine Arts at the time, and I was just more interested. It was too. It was like three days a week till ten o'clock at night. It was the, it was such a grind, and it right. just, I wasn't in a good place for it. Um, it wasn't but, a great law but, school. But you're like a smart a smart kid that's always done well in school, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, I was always the Were teacher's pet, maybe? Actually, in high school, I really wasn't. I got really into Riot Girl, and I was really into the, like, I was really into feminism, and I still am, but in a maybe in a more nuanced, and also the world mm -hmm. has caught up a lot. The mm -hmm. world is very different than it was in the 90s. We don't realize that. Like, Well, I, yeah. No. <laughs> but it... it you know, I so I was I was very sort of um, outspoken, which 
alienates other kids because a lot of the kids weren't ready for that. Uh-huh. But you'd be surprised how many high school teachers would be alienated about that too. Huh. Like we had, I grew up on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, the accent comes through sometimes. Um, the leopard print constant also <laughs> is an indicator. Um, but I, um, you know, we I remember a town councilman came into my government class and he was talking and I was like, so you're anti-abortion, but pro-death penalty. So let's talk, talk this out. And I pissed him off so bad he left the classroom. Interesting. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you're not afraid to make people angry. Do you look More, to make people no, angry? No, I would say as I've gotten older, I am less excited about making people angry. But I wasn't a bad kid either. I wasn't like, yeah, I never, I yeah. wasn't like, in, like if I it, cut you, class, it was like to protest or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so you've, you, you did, you did wear pretty well in the system, but then you also kind of want to rebel the system. Right. But I also liked the system because it gave me a metric of success, which I feel like for a lot of smart kids, once you got in the real world, there's a lot of, it, you don't have that metric anymore. So it's a struggle. So you, you like being in school, but then once you got out of school, it was tougher. Yeah. Even in college, it was harder. It was like a different, I, um, I had a hard time in college, um, for a lot of reasons also because wellesley is first of all it's a women's college and second of all it's out in this beautiful it's a beautiful campus it was designed by frederick law olmstead who's the same mm-hmm. uh design he designed central park and mm-hmm. uh prospect park and mm. but i wasn't into that stuff at the time and i i just wasn't able to socialize and it was do you, do you like like um you like organized organized ways of doing things in a, or some kind of some kind of it was sort of hard for me to find my niche and i i, I liked being out like in the world and it was very isolated uh, i think that's more uh, that makes sense i would yeah. probably do better in that environment now as an adult where i've calmed and, down and you've never been interested in making art on your own or anything like that or you know it's so funny like i just my mom was an art teacher oh okay and my brother who's 18 months younger than me took tons of painting and art classes and he, God, what did he major in in college? I think it was media studies. So he did a lot of art. He works in advertising now or tech. Oh really? Yeah. That's tech what I used stuff. to do. Yeah. Out in, and my dad was in advertising. Too. Oh wow. And, um, he was a, um, he was a, uh, an accounts guy though. Not, yeah, a, not, right, a not a creative. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> sorry for my little, no, 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 don't worry. um, I took, I loved photography. I still do. So I took photography, but you know what it is? I admire artists because they are not afraid to put it out there. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, the thing about art, which comes up a lot with artists, I noticed this when I'm licensing images too. Once you put your art out there, and I'm talking about it now on the the big art market, New York Mm -hmm. City, like that's it. You have no more control. You can't say what you can't, you can't guide the narrative like there's only mm-hmm. so much you can do right 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 whereas uh, so i kind of in a much less sophisticated manner knew i i i sensed that fear like i didn't want to put myself out there that way yeah some people feel that way <laughs> i know it's funny it's interesting but, but i don't feel that creative impulse either yeah. I mean, my husband's an artist uh-huh yeah. um he went to cooper union yeah he went to did all these programs and he has like it's like if he doesn't fulfill this creative need he he feels less whole yeah i mean there are people i i do think like that is something that you know i mean i don't i think that 
I think making art of any kind takes a lot of self-motivation. And if you're not desperate to do it at least some point in your life, there's just it's just no reason to do it. And yeah. it's not necessarily, I mean, we all hear about the people who, you know, really make it or are rewarded, but there's so many people who are just, you know, working away that get very little back. Oh, 99% of artists are out there so. slogging away. But let's find out how your life is today. So okay. what's going on? What's going on in your life today? So what's today? going on in my life today? So my life is very different than it was before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I started a consultancy, which um, happened right I was working in insurance, which was sort of a risk job. I was sort of in a position where I was looking for a gig and gave it a go, which mm-hmm. was I learned entirely new industry. And it's probably um, an easy way for you to make money because you're smart. You know what I mean? Or an easier way. It's a, like tough, it's bu- a, it's a tough business, but it was a steady paycheck. Yeah, yeah sure. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm glad I put myself out there and learned it because I do feel like I can educate. I like educate. My favorite clients were artists and educating them about what they needed, and mm-hmm. you know, having a role in the in a in a show or an exhibition, even if mm-hmm. it was only doing the insurance part of right. it. I like helping artists a lot. Right. But now, what I do um, is a couple of things. I'm writing. I can't say who, but I work. My my main bread and butter is I work for a production company that does a lot of stuff for a bank's major collection mm-hmm. and I do a lot of writing for them. So I don't get my name on it. So you don't see a lot of what I write or edit, but it's creative. That's uh, Well, so I was going to say in our conversation about creativity, I do think that I get fulfillment writing about art and talking about art is ah, also creative. And of some of the best art, like for example, Rosalind Krauss, like a very famous art historian, some of her, she wrote about the minimalists and people like this. And she was like 25 at the time. But she kind of made the art. Her work is her thinking is so creative about art, right? That it's almost sometimes I'm like, she breathed she breathed life into this art with her writing, right? And, and you, that can happen in art writing. Yeah. And when I write something really great, that is fulfilling to me. Oh. I also have that old writer's trope, like I hate writing, but I love what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Writing torture. is hard. It's bad, yeah. especially for um, somebody who enjoys people because it's so. Yeah, yeah, or especially when you're kind of a gun for hire if it's something that you're not super jazzed about and then you have to find something. Well, I think, yeah. But um, also, um, you've written for a lot of publications. We didn't get to mention yeah, that, Yeah, so right? I've written, I'm trying to think. I've written a lot. It was always online and not. it's not, a lot of it got taken down for Art in America. Yeah. And um, my friend Brian Boucher, who used to be the web editor there, he now writes for The Times and a bunch of other places. He gave me my big break. So I have to thank him because without that, you know, I wasn't writing for exposure per se, but that was such a big taking off point for me. Yeah. And I did that while I was working full time with a baby. So I can't believe wow. I used to do that. So I did yeah. a lot of interviews with artists, which were really uh-huh. exciting and like gallery shows. Um, I've written for Hyperallergic a few times, mm-hmm. which is a pleasure. I think they're fantastic. They're the, yeah. the art publication. I support them. <laughs> I'm a member sure. now and I, I haven't done it in a long time. I will say that Art journalism does not pay very well right. unless you're writing 20,000 word, unless right. you're writing like a full page of the Times or T Magazine article or something like that. I It's 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 a fun side gig. And so that I sounds like fortunate. something that you you are singularly talented at. Yeah. And, I, I, and also, folks, she has you have credentials like, you know what I mean? Like if you you can get published in publication, you know, people recognize your name as far as an art writer goes. I hope so. I think so. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. I, I, okay, that's so, kind of like why I like my complicated name, too, is it's so ridiculous that people remember it. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, 
Yeah, and uh, Hauser and Worth when they had now they have a different magazine, but I had things syndicated there. I've written for I can't remember everything. Yeah, but so, now I've written a bunch of like as catalog essays mm-hmm. that you might never see because it was right. in the bank or. But mm-hmm. I've gotten to write. Mm-hmm. About, I really love writing lately about stuff I know nothing about. Mm. Oh, so you're you're just a really curious person. Yeah, it's so great. So, what were you like as a kid? That's what I'm trying to imagine. Okay, so my mom always says I was very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the 80s on Long Island. I had a younger brother. We kind of were treated like twins, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really into swimming. I lo- mm-hmm. And I still, I'm a mermaid. I'm part mermaid. So um, mm-hmm. I still love to swim. I will swim down the beach from May till October. Wow. Um, I I was always curious about travel. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Hawaii a lot. And my parents actually lived in Hawaii for about 20 years. So wow. I, I lived in Hawaii for a while. Um. I was, I really loved reading and that's one of my great escapes, finding a good book and getting mm-hmm. absorbed. I've been listening. You asked what I'm up to lately. Something I found that I really enjoy and that helps. I have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. is uh, audio books, but particularly ones narrated by people with Irish accents. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> There's something about the Irish that's accent very... that I find very, so I've been listening to Sally Rooney books, which I, oh, I love yeah. them. And there's yeah. something about just like the, and they're uh-huh. not very complicated books Mm -hmm. it's just about they're about relationships so i'm trying you know it's really funny i feel like i'm jumping around with you but i have i have i have it makes sense folks it'll work it'll work you'll see so i really am trying to like find out what's going on in your your life i'm trying i'm trying to get in there i'm trying to get in there so so my life has become very domesticated since Mm -hmm. the pandemic started and mm -hmm. so now i work for myself I have a couple clients. I work with some artists mm-hmm. and I'm trying to um I'm trying to help them find galleries. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of selling their work. I had mm-hmm. a booth at the first time. That was a major risk. Yeah. I am very well connected. Insurance helps that a lot because my job was literally mm-hmm. I have zero social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I maybe now after the pandemic I do, but I literally will go up to anyone. I have walked up to Jeff Coons and been wow. like, here's my card. Wow. Like I literally do not care. Wow, that's um, impressive. And sometimes it's paid off. I've taken mm-hmm. like I've gone up to people and then won the account or or you know gotten the no, connection. No, that's great. People are usually it's my experience that people are far nicer than you even though, just because they're famous or a big name. Yeah, right. Like if you just ask them. Yeah. Like a good example, I tweeted at Leslie Jones, the, oh, the yeah. comedian who I yeah. love. Yeah, she's great. I know she does a lot, but I I'm very I feel very passionate about my son's school. It's in basically an inner city school, 75% low income. And they do that donors choose where people can help crowdsource uh-huh. paying for literally mm-hmm. like ridiculous things like printer ink. Cause that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted at her and she paid for an entire printer copier for my whole classroom. Do you love that? I'm, I'm, I'm like, I love that. Oh that's so great. <laughs> that's so great. She's not even from New York. It was just awesome. So, like, yeah, so no, like, that's like great. Just put it out there. I mean, and you know, sometimes it's just that people don't. And see you're it. positive, and people respond well. You know how to like you're talented at that. People know how to respond. You're sincere. You're coming. Yeah, from a I think it's important to place. say that I'm I'm not full of shit. Yeah, like, I, I think I think that's probably a lot to do with it. So, how are you feeling about I feel your life? Terrible about my life. I'm not trying to get you to say that, <laughs> but I do. I'm having a really hard time. Why? Um being at home all day for uh-huh. an extrovert nobody has checked on the goddamn extroverts in the pandemic oh so you're home all day yeah and uh, sometimes i'm home all day 
with my husband and my stepdaughter until like two in the afternoon. And being the past years of us, you know, four, two kids and two adults in a 900 square foot apartment, which actually I feel very, I gratitude is such an important part of my life because it keeps me on track of where I am. But, you know, I am inclined to be depressed and anxious and just being on top of each other and like the chaos and mess is like, mm-hmm. it's been really intense for me. And um, as you saw, people can't see because it's radio, but I'm hurt right now. I um, I have very bad arthritis. Yeah, she had a cane and- for such a lovely young woman. <clears throat> she had a cane. I'm telling you, it's 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 not, it doesn't really add up, but I believe you need it. I I don't think it's a prop. I was a a runner and basically I've destroyed the cartilage in my knees. And mm -hmm. and at 42, I'm probably a candidate for a knee replacement. Wow, that's young. And it sucks. Well, you know, I went to, I'm I'm learning stuff. So So you're, 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 you know, this is really interesting. I'm going to say this that I think I'm feeling like you're, are you, you. No, I'm not avoiding. Um, So I'm, I'm. Still struggling to figure out how this all is going to work. Do you- um, I seem to have found work, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm secure financially, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of more stressors like my husband lost his job and we're paying Cobra and that's a fortune. I am. I don't want to ever say I, my, my son and my stepdaughter is older and she has another mom. And so she's sort of I am not as involved in that, but I have a kid and I'm suddenly a lot more involved in his life. Not that I was ever skirting my mm-hmm. yeah, parental no, issues, but like suddenly I'm much more domesticated. Like my husband always jokes, like I didn't marry you for kitchen skills. Like, like I never got my MRS. Like right. I am not right. like, right. <clears throat> I try to outsource everything. I'm right. You know, I'm not. Right. Yeah. Like, you seem really efficient. Like you're on top of it, but, 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 but that's the nature of where we are as a yeah. culture right now. So all the moms, all the parents are much more involved and at home. So that's yeah, become, which is a good thing for my kid. Yeah, but it's hard for me too. Well, it's a big change. It's a huge change, and my son has very severe ADHD. Uh huh. And so he's he's a tricky beast, you know. And mm-hmm. and I feel often I feel like a bad mom, or um, because I'm not, you know, little things. Um, like he plays too much Nintendo, but the kids got used to that because they were fucking stuck inside for two years. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> that that's really common. Do you have any other mom friends? Yeah, tons. So you guys, yeah, don't talk yeah. About that, I mean, I actually common. where I live in my neighborhood. There's a lot of artist moms, which is great. Oh, that is great. Yeah. That is that is that is great. Um, so that's a lot. So your role. Do you feel like your role has changed? Your role oh, in yeah, life? Yeah. Is that it? Well, it's the irony is I'm making more money now, uh-huh. but I'm home all the time. And being an extrovert, it's a struggle. And like even little things, like one of the things about me that I never pursued, but anybody who follows my Instagram or knows me is like, I fucking, I love clothes. And I've been that way. That is something I've uh, been like since I was a kid. Uh-huh. Like when Madonna came out, I was like, I want to be just like her, you know? Mm-hmm. I still will forever like she informed my sexuality. She informed she was mm-hmm. like I, she's mm-hmm. very problematic, but yeah, no, I, I get it. I, mm-hmm. I will. She will be my number one the day I die. She hit me right at, at when I started paying attention to pop culture is when she came out. So she, um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No, oh, no. but I love clothes. Yeah. So like when you're home all day, you just wear the same pair of sweatpants. 
well, you like clothes and you like going out and yeah. you're not doing any of that. No. Now, now, now that things are starting to get back to normal, have you, do you, are, is that helping or is it's helping a bit? I think what happens, especially if you're, is it's once you're home, it's easy to just want to stay home. Yeah. And that's true the, too. We've the all inertia did. of it all mm-hmm. and then add to it because of how things have changed like getting a babysitter or just like going, I used to like go to work and then go to a bunch of openings. Right. Now it's like the openings start just when my kid comes home from after school or right. we're home already. And I'm not going to, I live way out in Ditmas Park. So it takes me an hour to get to Chelsea say, or yeah, Tribeca. Right. Like it's just like an entirely different thing. And then of course, for a lot of us parents, we're terrified because our kids aren't vaccinated. Right. Yet. That might change next week actually. Yeah. we hope. But you know, so my husband actually had COVID recently oh no really but you guys got are it. okay it's fine it was it was awful it was the mm-hmm. two weeks prior to school restarting mm-hmm. does your son does your husband spend a lot of time i mean i mean he must you're both he must be home i mean he's yeah. home with the kid too right yeah so. yeah he's home too um he's been he right now does a lot with like av installation and art handling so he for work, he gets out a lot more. Oh, he gets out. Like I he's see. out now on a job, like installing uh, art I see. somewhere. So you're the one home. Yeah. So, and I, what did you do before? Did you have like a nanny or house? No, we, um, I've never been at like nanny status. I've never been able to well, afford or that. Whatever. Or, yeah. No, you I know, mean, somebody, we, no, but there's like an, there's like an after school program at my son's school and he would go to that till like five thirty. Uh huh. Is that possible again? Yeah. He's back in it, but only two days a week. Oh, or, no, okay. three. He's on their chess team, too, which oh, is so wow. cool. Yeah. That is so cool. And so that's three days a week. And then the other two, he just comes home. He gets really tired and overstimulated as a result of the ADHD. So, yeah. and that's fine. So I'm, but I'm home. Like before, I couldn't do that because I wasn't home. Have you thought about getting an office or studio out? Yes. I was eyeing this building when I came in. I'm like, this what? building here on Cook Street where the studio is. It's a great building. It, it is. I think that would be great for you. It would be great. I mean, the problem for me is I live really far away from Bushwick. So oh, this is not, it would take, you could get, you could but get. I, in my neighborhood where I live now, like Ditmas Park doesn't have buildings like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do often think I'm at the point where even just getting up and going to a studio and even just like seeing other people or a tiny little office. Yeah. I'm definitely starting to consider that. Um, and that's something I'm going to do my taxes and see where mm-hmm, I'm at. Mm-hmm. But I think Tax that, deductible. I know Oh, we, that's I'm all about right. We can. Well, we can deduct some of our rent because we have a home office. But um, yeah, I need to I need to be out in the world some more. And it would be great to have some version of, you know, mm-hmm. anybody listening. I'm very open to this. <laughs> Make me an offer. Um, yeah, I think getting away and out of the house, I think if someone is inclined towards depression it depression is tricky because and anxiety because the best thing for you to do is to like get up move exercise get out of the house and the last thing you want to do is get up move Mm -hmm. exercise get out of the Mm -hmm. house so so you don't seem like somebody who deals with depression or anxiety but you do do. yeah Yeah. and so how do you deal with that drugs Do antidepressants, medical prescription drugs. I should Mm -hmm. uh, and under I. I, But you've been in therapy. Yeah, I've been. I do all sorts of therapy. Does therapy help? Uh, Not as well as the medications do. I feel like I've been on and off in therapy for years. What What are you getting or not getting out of therapy? 
A lot of my anxiety is free floating and it's not, it's almost just like a physical sensation. Mm -hmm. So actually the best, one of the best things, and people hate this, is exercise. I know. And no, I agree being with that. Laid up with my knee. I mean, I can't do anything right now. Like I walked around the Brooklyn Museum for an hour yesterday. And my that's knee hurt. Big that you yeah. did that. Yeah. So like, so that's really tough. Uh-huh. Like I, I started riding a bike, and that's been really fun. Yeah, that's um, probably a good idea. But I was always like anti and scared of bikes until um, this mm-hmm. summer, and I got it. I bought mm-hmm. a bike, and I've had a blast on it. So physical exercise is a big help, especially when the weather's better. And um, last year we I. Spent house sat for somebody upstate for a while and getting out of the city like you just said and it was just me and my son and we went to like a local little ski school and he just wanted to try it and we ended up going like almost every day when he was done with remote school and that was great that yeah was, and i love skiing yeah too. and you're somebody that's always been physically <laughs> a bit active right like yeah i've run. gained 50 pounds during the pandemic oh really yeah which you're, is not she's helpful. tall she's <laughs> yeah. tall and she dresses well but i i hear you i you know it's that's been a huge i mean that's i don't want to be like that's a bit that's a lot i don't want to be fat phobic or anything like that but for it was, it's a major change in my body yeah and it's hard on my knee but it's also um it's it's like i have a different body it's very weird to have yeah. that happen and yeah of course we all sat around and ate a bunch too well like, everybody i mean it's not uncommon what no, you're talking I mean, about like me and everyone else I'm, yeah do do you feel okay about your eating habits now I'm working on it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm a nighttime snacker. But you're, what I was going to say is like, you're, re- you were really physically, you're like a natural athlete, right? Yeah, I'm pretty and athletic. And so I, I have a theory that people who are like naturally athletic, especially as children are usually like happier because you have like that chills you out that you have that. Exercise you, is a drug, man. Like yeah, if I do really, a good yeah. workout, I can't, it's like, I, it's like better than any so were you, were you anxious as a kid or mm-hmm. like, did yeah. you have that same anxiety? Mm-hmm. Um, it's performance based often, like pleasing my clients. Uh-huh. Um, oh, what, how well you're doing at, well, at work or feeling yeah, like you don't want to let like people that. out down. So did you have a pretty happy childhood or uh, what was it? What was it like? Um, it was, I was really, I don't want to get too deep into this for fear of, yeah, because there, there, there are other people involved. Yeah, for the other people involved. Well, don't name names. There, were, there was there was very high expectations of me, and I think you know they expected me to be like a senator. You know, and did your parents do? Why is that? Were they successful? Yeah, I mean, they weren't unsuccessful by any means, but yeah, I think I also was very like I was reading at like a tenth grade level when I was like in kindergarten and stuff like that. And so was, they, they, I was so, very they, poised and put together. I was like speaking at national organization for women conferences when i was like in 10th or 11th grade oh my god and stuff like that yeah so i i was doing a lot of that so i think there were some expectations and i just you know you don't know what's going to happen like in life and that has been a major lesson of the pandemic is just like letting go of the results and things usually work out and things usually work out in a way that i could have never anticipated and Mm -hmm. often it's better yeah. Case in point is the way my consultancy has worked out. It's been right. great. But you never you 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 have to let go of like, you know, if you have like people who have like 10 year plans, I'm like, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Like I got married and divorced when I was 26, 27. Wow. Yeah. You mean <coughs> within said, a year? Like two years, like a year and a half or so. 
Mm-hmm. I never expected that to explode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 17, however, and then six, 20 years later, how long has it been? 15, 16 years? It's fine. Like, everything's totally fine yeah, now. Right, you, and I'm yeah. so much happier and in a better yeah. place. And that's not that's not his fault. It's no. like, you know, but like it's just ways that, you know, things don't happen in a way. Did what how did you decide to get married? Did you did was it like that's what people did where you were? Or yeah, I mean, I was like- definitely in love with the person and um you know, there was a lot of pressure from our parents. I was I gonna think, say, yeah. So I was wondering if Yeah, that was and external. he was a little bit older, so he was like I mean, there wasn't a big age gap. I was like 26 and he was like 30. But I think it was like, okay, you're 30, get married. Right. We made sense. Our families both wanted it to Mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't really know enough of who I was yet. Um, Yeah, no, that's I had a great job. I was working at the MFA Boston, which was the best job I've ever had. I worked in prints, drawings, and photographs. And I loved loved that job. So I want to hear more. I think that's so fascinating that you... um, were speaking at those conferences when you were that age. So how did you get to, like, how did, were you really precocious? How did your yeah. parents, like, what, what was that like? What, what I think a lot of it was like more, more than a sense of fairness I wanted. Maybe it was like having a brother and a dad. I wouldn't say my, my parents, like, and my dad in particular, like, God bless him. He never like put this expectation on me that like, you should get married and have kids. And marry someone. He was, it was like, you can be anything you want. I was never told, like, there was an expectation that I would be a lawyer or whatever, go into business. Um, and on one way, that pressure is hard. But in the other way, that's like a very feminist perspective that I was, mm-hmm. I was totally expected for me to carry my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know. But were you like smarter than, than like the other, ki- than, than your brother or? My were, brother's really smart, actually. But um, what did but, your parents do? Uh, my dad worked in advertising and my oh, mom right. was an elementary art school teacher. And it was clear. I, I was definitely the more intellectual of the two children mm-hmm. um, to this day. And did you surprise everybody with like, was your was your like school performance or, you know, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah, it, but I wasn't valedictorian or anything because if I wasn't interesting, like I didn't give a shit about math. So mm-hmm. I just didn't pay attention. If I had listened, I would have done fine. I went back and took like calculus and stuff in college with a good professor. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. But mm-hmm. at the time, you know, I liked I liked to do after school activities. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, you forget in high school and when you're like, it's really college minded. And mm-hmm. and for kids, like you have to do all this stuff to sort of like wow the admissions people. So like I had a job. I was on the swim team. I was doing like clubs. I was like I, and I also wanted to go out and party like I also like cuts, like pretended to have a sleepover to go see D-Light at the Hammerstein Ballroom. <laughs> I love that. Hell yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and I was like 15. Um, you know, like I was going to shows a lot in the city too, like mm-hmm. like rock shows. Like mm-hmm. I used to love going to see, like going to Brownies and seeing like Pavement oh, yeah. or whatever or Bikini Kill and people like wow, that. that. I was really, awesome. really into music too. Were you popular? Were you really popular? I was, yeah, I would say yes. I wasn't like yes. unpopular. I wasn't, popular like i didn't really i had like people didn't have crushes on me and stuff because i was super intimidating i cut off all my hair in high school and i was five ten, and i think mm-hmm. they people were scared of me but i did have two very smart awesome boyfriends in high school yeah i picture you as somebody who like is sort of fearless socially and very smart and very competent and so able i was to... like friends with the popular kids yeah i was sh- not unpopular yeah 
Yeah, like you had a good social thing, and then you were also doing really well in school, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you were get. I mean, what's what I'm imagining is like this, this, this like rain of approval all over you, just yeah. like coming in. Just and it's really hard as an adult when you don't get that all the time. That must have been like unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, like that must be <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, rain no, of approval, I mean, but I, I got punished and there was plenty of disapproval no, I, at home I'm, too. I deal, Don't worry. <laughs> I'm idealizing it, of yeah. course, but um but that must be like so strange to have I don't know a lot of people like that. Mostly people complain about their childhoods. And I'm not saying you you don't have anything to complain about, but just so much approval, right? Did you did it give you a lot of confidence? I mean there was there was other things going on that I, I prefer not to go into that made things more complicated. But yeah, I love the approval. I love the attention. I loved, I still thrive on that attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that makes me like a narcissist or no. something, but um, I did a lot of volunteer work. Yeah. I worked at Planned Parenthood. I loved doing that too. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. very different in the 90s, mm-hmm. although work is arguably worse now. No, more important now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I, I loved doing that stuff, but that was also very polarizing for a lot of people. Feminism wasn't cool. Yeah. Yeah. Feminism wasn't cool outside punk circles. Everybody will. We have Beyonce on a stage now saying feminism behind us. And I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Even if there's not a lot of depth to it. I'm mm-hmm. not saying Beyonce doesn't have a lot of depth, mm-hmm. but there it's it, it's almost like a marketing tool now. But like the boss babe thing or that mm-hmm. kind of bullshit. But like. But feminism was not cool when I was in high school. It was mm-hmm. not a cool word. No, I get it. I get it. Well, it sounds like you were definitely a risk taker too. I mean, a lot of the stuff that you did, you're very outspoken, obviously. Yeah, I was, I did stuff that scared the shit out of me. I almost, I, I would say, yeah, that, like there is like a, um, a, a, a high you can get sometimes by taking a big risk. Um, oh yeah. Do you, do you, and it's funny cause you say you don't like to put, you wouldn't want to make art to put yourself out in the world. But yet I do this. Yeah. I in know. the moment, but you like doing it in the moment. But also there's a perform, that's a very performative type of art, really. What yeah. You're I wrote my about. master's thesis on perform, political performance art too. Oh, um, yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Right. <laughs> but I'm wondering if you feel because you're confident and tall and stuff like that, I wonder, and you know, you had the approval of the authorities. That I wonder if you feel like you're speaking for other people that don't have the confidence yes, or the wherewithal. Absolutely. That that's yes. that's who you are. The being of service of others. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Especially I am very happy that intersectional feminism came along and that I have been able to be taught and learn how to serve others in that way too. Or like I get I really enjoy being of service to my son's school. Um, right. In the sense that it's not about him, and I don't mean it in like a PTA. I mean the PTA is fine, but in, yeah, no. A, I but like, we were literally during the pandemic. It was like families need food. Mm-hmm. Like kids depend on the lunch program because they don't sure. eat. Mm-hmm. And they, we have a lot of first gen kids in our school too. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. And to be able to to help them, and so I feel like I feel like I failed my community by not speaking Spanish. I feel oh, like I really want to learn Spanish because. Well, there's amazing teachers, like a lot. We have a lot of bilingual people in the school. Uh-huh. So that's been great. There's oh, a lot that of is Spanish great. people speaking people in the school. Do, do you, did you, do you feel like, like, I'm wondering if like this whole, like all the responsibility of getting approval as a child, like, I wonder if that, um, makes you feel like because you are capable and you are the person that speaks that, I wonder if that makes you feel like, like what you just said really struck me about um, 
not learning Spanish, failing to learn Spanish, because like what I'm hearing is so, you know, I just picture you like walking into the school and like take here, you eat this, everything's going to be fine. You eat this. We need that, blah, 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 taking charge of the whole thing. But then because you feel so competent that you also need to know Spanish, where I know I don't think like a lot of people would would go like like I I would be, I'd be like oh look at that I made the thing look everybody got the their wow I can't get over it they all got their lunch but then I'd be proud of that but then I wouldn't also expect that I would do more than that well I should say I don't have a leadership role in the school in any way I feel my job and this is the intersectional thing coming through is like you know like the nice white parents thing mm-hmm. like my the school is ten percent white or maybe a little more than that now. Um, it's definitely a rapidly gentrifying neighborhood. and But it's always been kind of a mix of everything. It's been a little bit Jewish, a little bit right. Caribbean, a little bit, you know, a mix of Hispanic. Is that I really don't want to take on a leadership role because I think it should be someone who better represents our community. Right. And I've been taught by my amazing peers to step back, when to step back sometimes oh, okay. and give them a voice. Oh, I see. Oh, interesting. But my my skill is I can make it rain. Because of my connections and everything, and because, you know, especially right. in the art world, people, not everyone, but a lot of people have money. Right, so, like, right. Let me let me shake some people out for that printer or for, like, you know. Right, right. Like, but, but but I can do it. I mean, of course, I'm announcing on a radio station, but, like, do it quietly and not, I don't expect any. Yeah, yeah. It, in a way that it's really just about donating and it's not about anything else. I mm-hmm. totally in a very honest and uh, in- way with integrity. You have a lot of integrity, obviously. So, um, but I wonder if that puts pressure on you in other areas of your life, like maybe with your family or maybe with, you yeah, know, where I you mean, feel like you're the one who, you're the only, uh, only, and and I don't mean oh, this, yes, you're the I only one that say. can that can do this. Yeah, that's, that's what's making me miserable is running the family. It's yeah, hard. oh, okay, that's, yeah. Family life stuff. That's a hard. It's a hard grind right now. For but parents. you're. But you're also in in that role. You you just naturally wind up in that role. Yes. And you what you described with um the group at school. Like I didn't think you were in a leadership role. Why would you be? I mean, it's the school. You're not. You know. But no. But there's parents too. Yeah. Like on the, I forget the, the like. I'm. There's like a parent. What is I call the PTA. Yeah, but it's the parent, same thing. parent group. Yeah, like, but but you've learned to um, listen and step back. You've you've you're sensitive. You're smart. You're sensitive. You're aware. So you have your you found your role with the yeah. Um, but you could do more. But but I'm wondering, like with your family, if there's like a way to find a role and step back. Well, you know, we're we have employed an outside person consultant a consultant between my husband and i who has a certain degree that speaks to both of us for an hour once a week oh that and sounds that, like a licensed therapist yeah, perhaps call a li- you should have brought him we yeah. could have saved you money yeah so our friend our friend antonia is uh you know has been helping with that and it's, i do think especially with partnerships and and I don't want to say non-traditional marriages because what the f is a traditional marriage? Yeah. But I've never, I've never aimed to be at a stay-at-home mom or anything, but to help each other find each other's roles. Right, that therapy has been tremendously helpful. Right, right. So that I'm not constantly frustrated 
or being seen as a nag, which is like this terrible misogynistic. Yeah, no, I get that. And also the role you want to, um, um, what's the word, uh, the role you want to present, model, that's the word, for your stepdaughter right? and your son is that it's, you know, running a household is a shared responsibility, yeah. right? And also, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's a shared responsibility. And also, like, how do you react when you get mad? How do you react when you're frustrated? You as a parent have to remember at every moment you're modeling that. Mm-hmm. Like, I see my parents and my reactions to things all the time. And it's not necessarily bad. But sometimes I'm like, oh, (laughs) no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So are there do you um, like, do you feel like if you don't do something, it's not done right? If it's not the way. No, no, I love outsourcing things. Okay, so that's good. I I don't think like sometimes I'm not really a control freak per se, but I mean, sometimes I feel that way. I'm very the only thing I'm like super protective of and like very clear about is my my child my son uh-huh like i really want him to be you know he, he as a result of his neurodiversity he mm-hmm. feels differently he's frustrated a lot mm-hmm. it's really important to me that he feels loved that he feels mm-hmm. that he's learning how to process things in a calm and sort of like measured mm-hmm. way and like he needs to be taught all of this right that and that natural. he's kept on a schedule that he's kept like there's routine is really important for all kids but particularly for ADHD, mm-hmm. you know, he feels safe mm-hmm. right. in, in many different definitions of the term. Right. Um, that he's fed consistently. Like. Right. So even if like, so you're going to make sure that under any circumstances, hell or high water, no matter who's in charge, that's going to happen. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's not negotiable. He's right. not, negotiable. he's not. And you should feel that way as a parent, I think. Yeah. Or most parents no, feel that I way. No, I respect that. Yeah. yeah. So can you give us an example? So maybe, maybe, maybe some of our listeners will, will, maybe will, I mean, uh, I, I have these issues with my husband and well in a different way because he is a lot more competent than I am. Um, but, uh, but I relate to this and I think everybody does. I think it's very relatable. But, um, is there one thing that you do better than him that you're trying to give up or is there something you, is there something that, um, can you give us an example of like, uh, what? he gets, all right, here's an example. And I, I don't want to throw him under the bus. No, he we gets, love your husband. He's obviously he's a great husband. He's a great husband and he's a great dad and he's a great person. He's a and, sweetheart and he is. Yeah. And you guys have been together. Super smart. Yeah. I've been together for 13 years. Yeah. So a long time. Yeah. Um, he's adorable and he, um, but he's not he, perfect. No, and I'm not either. <laughs> not he, <laughs> so we have this really bad dynamic where, he and my son start bickering or he, my son is being difficult and resistant because people with ADHD and just like most kids don't like transitions, right? Where it's where like, and my kid, like every other kid is addicted to that goddamn Nintendo, which I remember my parents complaining about. I was never into video games, but like mm-hmm. he has a hard time. Like it's time to do this. He also does not want to eat. It's part of it's the ADHD meds and part of it's just him. He's like, not, I don't know. I can't identify with this at all. Like, all. like I've never missed a meal in my nice. life. But so my husband will get frustrated with my son and he'll get. And so like he really will push you to your limit, like in terms of your mm-hmm. temper, where it's like keeping your temper is like with him is like he'll he'll he'll, he'll push a kind Buddhist of want- monk to like want to strangle him. Mm-hmm. Like it's really and, you know, mm-hmm. so my husband will start getting angry 
And then my son will get upset because he struggles with emotional regulation, which is another part of it. Mm-hmm. And so he'll get terrified and then he'll come to me to comfort him, Aww. which positions my husband as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And when I interject, <clears throat> this is something we're working on, is I have to stay out of it and let the two of them negotiate this on their own. Oh, that's hard. Which is super hard. So I just happen to be better. Now, on the, on the, on the flip of that is I probably let my son get away with a lot more than I should. In 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 the for sake of keeping the peace, I probably am not as disciplined or good with my like I let him get it like I let him manipulate me a little more. I mean I don't think nine year olds are manipulative, but like he'll be like, I want five more minutes and I'll be like in five minutes you have to get off that Nintendo. Whereas my husband be like, No, I said now. Uh, you know, or like You're easier than your husband, is that what you mean? Yeah, which is funny because in, in real life I'm much more Yeah aggressive than he is so you're you guys are different that way yeah and i maybe so like i probably let it get let him get like like oh i don't give a fuck if anybody eats on the couch don't Mm. care my husband is like that's like a hard and fast rule no so there's a lot of fighting over that so it's like i really should not let him eat on the couch i'm gonna admit to it i eat on the couch it's just a bad habit um i also got a cover for the couch recently (laughs) but like you know or eating in bed like, that's a hard note, too. Like, the kids should not be eating in bed. The teenagers, teenagers want to go in their room, shut the door. Like, I don't, they, like, there are days yeah. where I don't even see my stepdaughter for, like, three days because she's just in her own thing. Now she's actually out and is at a great school. The city is a school and they have internships. That's great. It's at Artist Space. It's amazing. Oh, my God. That's so really? cool, that's right? fabulous. Um, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, little things like that where he and my son get heated, where they're never going to resolve their their problems. If I keep intervening, which you could say is codependency on one hand, like I if I keep enabling my son to come to me for comfort and paint dad as the bad guy, this is never going to get better. Right. I've got to let them work it out on their own. But but you and your husband aren't putting down the same roles either. We kind of are. Oh, it's you just are? Like, okay. Yeah. So no, we are in general. So we're, and we're working on that. that's something yeah. we're working yeah. on where that shit is so stressful at home. Like it's so stressful and it's. Because we're all home more often, my it's because with a kid, my the kids still can't go out. Do kids like, um, you know, um, I don't know that much about bringing up kids, but I um, didn't either until I had one, and I still don't know do much. Do kids want to um, push the parents for their anger, sort of like to get somebody to express their anger for them? I think adults do that a lot. That's a good question. I don't my no, my son is like he is an expert kvetcher. He has got a PhD at age nine in kvetching. He is like He complains. Oh God, yeah. And, Everything is an issue. Uh-huh. Um, he's like Larry David. So, <laughs> so I think that he's got that, but I don't know about anger per se, but he wants help. And is there something he wants from your husband that he drives him to, like, does he, There is there part of him, do you think he wants that connection? He wants, he wants attention a lot, um, a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and to the point where even like the teachers at school are like, he has to learn to like. Self-soothe. Self-soothe. Yeah, yeah. You want, yeah. Like, so there's some of that. I, I don't know if it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know speaking just from romantic relationships, people keep fighting because it's the way of, like people keep getting in touch with their exes to fight because like any attention is better than no attention right right right. you know so i would there might be some version of that i don't think kids are as calculating no no it would be so super sort of like you know um 
subconscious but, or it's not a, yeah it's not no <clears throat> yeah but, but sure i'm sure do some they do there. stuff together oh yeah yeah that's good <clears throat> i mean again the pandemic's hard because suddenly like like he would love to go see dune in the movie theater but i'm mm-hmm. not taking my unvaccinated kid you know it's, it's no, been a right. lot harder so it's been it is know, really hard yeah it's like especially when the winter hits when like during the summer we go to the beach all the time we you know mm-hmm. but also like a great example was when my husband had COVID, he went to one of those city provided hotels, which was great to isolate. Um, it was wow. over by LaGuardia. It was actually really nice and it was amazing. Wow. But I was home alone with the kids and working full time. Oh it was the God. end of the summer and we had to quarantine like we because we were all exposed. Oh. Miraculously, none of us got it. Oh. And my husband was asymptomatic. I just happened to give him like, oh, there was a good case of me being like super anal. I have stocks up on those by next now home tests the rapid uh-huh, test uh-huh. and i'm like i'm like everybody get tested constantly uh-huh. but that's how i caught my husband's covid oh he was asymptomatic when we caught it he did get symptoms but like three or four days later that's how you mean that's how you figured it out yeah he wasn't feeling anything he just took a random test mm. and i was like holy shit your test is positive oh wow and then he went to a city site but so having the kids home then i was like it was like a free-for-all it was like well, you know, the COVID thing has been really difficult, and I think for everyone, and um, especially people with kids, and I think, like, there's a lot of, you know, we all had a growth experience. I mean, I think, I mean, yeah. I think we're, I think, I'd like to believe we're on the other side of it, and things are going to get well, easier. Well, yeah, I mean, we haven't had any ice, any school, you know, the schools will yeah. um, uh, quarantine classrooms or the whole school. So parents, at any moment, your school could close for two weeks or your classroom. Your mm-hmm. kid could be quarantined. That happened. I sent my kid back to school at the end of last year just because I realized that he was Zoom school was not working. Zoom school yeah. was hell on earth. Yeah. And, yeah. And so when I sent him back, he went to school for like a week and then they were quarantined for 10 days. But so like at any given moment, mm-hmm. that can happen again. Mm-hmm. But no, I know. I know. I mean, but like the thing is, it, you know, the, the numbers are getting better. And we yeah, are, it's and met we, less and, and things less are lightning. But now. but also, I mean, the thing about the pandemic is and it seems like you're taking advantage of this is that it's a really good time to like redo old patterns. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you're the pattern of like, you know, you not getting involved with the arguments like now's a good like all I these mean, things are all these things come up and they can be readdressed because we're they all were in laid a bare. State, state of flux. Right. Right. I think because everything became so mm-hmm. clear in, mm-hmm. in quarantine and staying at home that but so and I also I will say just professionally, I will never go back to that crazy life again, like of like, you know, leaving the house at seven in the morning rushing that the rat race you know Uh like as much as i don't like staying at home i think i'm i'm learning my way around like what we're you know i'm laid up right now like right but yeah that's true like i go into manhattan once a week to the Mm -hmm. hospital for special surgery to Uh, get gel injections but uh, like you know i will get more and more things are going to start happening go back to normal like like there's the ada art fair next week and i'm totally going to go just for fun Um, and I can see people in person, but working remotely, you know, I'd like to have someone to chat with at lunch. I like yeah. going to like Credit sure. Manger, you know, sure. or like, but I'm also, and I'm not one to cook. So it's like, ugh, you know, well, it sounds like, um, that, um, you, you, you have so many resources in you that you could be using on yourself. And maybe some of those you are learning more on how to use them in the way that you want to use them instead right. of just, you know, yeah, I mean, exercise. taking charge for, when you, of everybody else. 
New Yorkers get so much exercise just by the nature of our commute and walking. Like, I would walk like four or five miles a day. And without, mm-hmm. now it's so easy to like not leave my small apartment or even go downstairs for three days. And that happened. I mean, in the, in the height of the pandemic, I wouldn't mm-hmm. leave the house for like a week. So, you know, we only have three minutes left. Oh, my left. gosh. Can oh, my you gosh. This is so much that? fun. I know. So, I want to make sure that we, um, well, really, like, two minutes because I'm going to have to but uh, do the housekeeping at the end. But I just want to make sure that we get in everything about you and how people can get in touch with you and what you have coming up. Or Sure. So, you, you know. so um, the I, I love Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um I just am visually motivated. So following me, at, I have, well, my my consultancy is called Verisacrum Fine Art. Mm-hmm. I studied abroad in Vienna and loved the Vienna Secession. And that was the name of their journal. Mm-hmm. And it's Sacred Spring. It means, mm-hmm. I won't get into the meaning, but it has to do with starting over again. Mm-hmm. So it's Carrie at V-E-R-S-A-C-R-U-M. Yeah. And, or just Avant Gartner mm-hmm. with an E, as, mm-hmm. you know, which is hard to spell, but, um, Instagram is a great way or, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I have a website, verisacrumfineart.com. Mm-hmm. And that's um, a business you started during the pandemic? Yeah. So that's so exciting. My website sucks. It's literally just to acknowledge I exist. There's nothing on the website. But that's really exciting. So that's and, really what you've gained from the pandemic. Oh, yeah. And now fabulous. I really know what I'm doing. And I've, I'm I'm always amazed at how the work just like I tr- I've been turning down work. It's that's crazy. great. Yeah. That's, that's great. been a big lesson, too, is like not overbooking myself as a freelancer mm-hmm. and not, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on some great books for some, um, I know, uh, Dr. Nikki Green at Wellesley College is writing a book about, uh, black sound art and performance that's coming out. It's called Grime, Glitter, and Glass. That'll be out wow. sometime next year. I'm really excited about that. Um, I am selling the work of my friend, Emma Duggan. Um, I've been just doing it off Instagram, these great bird paintings wow. and a couple of photographers. What else is coming up? Um, it's weird. Like there's kind of like, we don't know what's going to happen. So, right. But your business is, is sounds like, yeah. Um, and I'm always focus. available to guide people on insurance. If you have questions, I'm always happy to ask. I mm-hmm. do have to start charging. I have a lot of people who call me Oh yeah. and I've been working for free too much. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'm on the council for feminist art at the Brooklyn museum. That's fabulous. And that's been, oh, oh, that I just was- love that. I don't have much say, but it's, I love the events. I saw Judy Chicago. I met Judy Chicago wow. a few weeks ago. Wow. Basira Khan show. Wow. Um, and I could plug a million. I just love artists. So I could, there's like so many art shows I could well, plug right now. Well, there you go. I think that we should all, I mean, I already follow you, but you guys, I'm telling you, you really, you know, here's somebody who really loves art and really has integrity and cares about the work and, and no bullshit. So I'm going to tell you to uh, check it out. I'll, I'll also put the the uh ta- the link when i post the show thank but you so um much. i just want to say thank you so much you were awesome and i want to remind people that um radio free brooklyn is awesome uh you should get our newsletter because we're going to be doing some promotions soon okay so go to radiofreebrooklyn.org Dr. Lisa gets shit.